Hey there, welcome to Dog Stories. My name is Serene, and alongside my dear friend Maria Bell, we'll be talking to people all over the world about our favorite part of life, dogs. Today, I happen to be with one of my best friends in the world, Mr. Evan Schick. And Evan is 15 years into the legal cannabis industry in the US. And he also happens to hail from the place that the phrase man's best friend was born. Evan, welcome to Dog Stories. Thank you so much, sir. Your dog's name is Oscar. Tell us all about Oscar's origin story because it's pretty damn good. Of course. Oscar, first off, he's a very good boy. Paint a picture of like what kind of breed is Oscar. Uh, of course. So he's a bit ambiguous. Um, like a husky and foxhound mix is kind of what me and my, my vets have settled on. My older brother was a pizza delivery boy um, delivering pizzas. And one night delivering those pizzas... He came to a house, and it became time for that house to give him a tip, and instead of handing him over a tip, that house said, Do you like dogs? My brother, big-hearted guy that he is, said, Yes. And they led him inside into a moment of fear where he thought he was going to get robbed or something. Instead of that, they opened up a closet door, and there was little baby Oscar sitting there, all cute and a little too young to be away from his mom. In the middle of winter, these people had found him on their porch and taken him in and then passed him off to a pizza delivery boy. <laughs> so my brother, he had him for eight, ten months, and then his living uh, his living um, arrangement changed, and then he became my my best friend. And a love story was born. A love story was born. Yeah, we spent both of our entire adult lives together. Uh, wh- which town was this again? So his genesis was Warrensburg, Missouri, like you touched on before, where the phrase a dog is a man's best friend comes from. And his first home with me, however, was in Denver. And then San Diego, and then Warrensburg again, and then uh, then Denver, various places throughout Denver. Then now he's he's back in Warrensburg, Missouri. So Oscar's a pretty well-traveled pup. He's a well-traveled pup. He is his own dog. He 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 takes life by the by the floppy ears. <laughs> Oscar's been in several different places. So which do you think was his favorite and why? I think his favorite is where he is right now. It's a virtual doggy paradise. My parents' home. They have a um a fair amount of acreage, and he's able to just wander around and um you know take life at his own pace and uh pick it up when he wants to and set it down when he wants to and there's a big bell that he's very excited about now and yeah he loves it is it hard being away from oscar because you live here with me and the rest of our friends in hollywood um well in los angeles and is it hard not being able to be with him every day Oh, of course it is hard. My goodness, it was one of the hardest decisions of my life to move here. Now, Oscar had never been on a leash. You know, he was always um, in, a, in a place that had a lot of room. And so when I was moving to L.A., I just couldn't, couldn't come to grips with putting him on a leash and having him in a big city environment. And so um, having him then go and stay with my parents in Missouri... 
he had lived with them previously and that's the town he was from and it's a doggy paradise and so that decision that knowing that he is uh his life has been extended by putting him in a happy place makes it makes me okay with not seeing him every day however it still is a bit tough i mean you just recently went to go visit him though right so how was that I sure did. Oh, man, is he ever a good boy. He is still so spry. I mean, he's a large dog. Ballpark is 70 pounds. And he's 16. That's Hall of Fame. I know, right? So he's he's an excellent boy, and he's still got the same same character. It took about a day and a half of being there before he recognized me, and I noticed this one moment where it just clicked, and he was like, this is my dog. <laughs> I was like, yeah, my dog. And, uh, and he followed me around the rest of my two-week trip there, and it was just, it was lovely. It was so great to see him. He went from not really knowing who you were for like a day and a half to like following you everywhere. So what do you think happened there? I think the same thing as myself. Being disconnected for a little while and then having that reconnection happen quickly. If you want to relate it to people, I think it's like when uh, your best friend has a big beard and then without you knowing, they shave it. And then all of a sudden, it seems like a whole, totally different person standing in front of you. However, it's still your still your best bud, still the same person as ever. That is a good way of putting it. If you could give Oscar a human personality, what kind of person would he be? I think he would be a lot like myself. <laughs> just just like I am a lot like him. We've we spent so many years commuting together. I got him when I was 22 and my entire adult life was him and I, him and I together. He was the only consistent aspect of my my transient life. So, I think uh my personality was built on his and his personality was built on mine. Why was that important to you? Having that consistency in your life. I mean, geez, that's important to anybody, right? If uh, if there's one thing that you can count on, that's better than having nothing you can count on. <laughs> and so, yeah, he uh, always knew him to have my back. I think people look for uh, ways to have that in their life in different forms, whether it's a partner or their friends or their job or their art. There's a lot of different ways to find that consistency um, but you found it in your best friend, your dog. Um, what do you think he offers you that nothing else in the world could offer you? I think that you have to first be open to not being the single contributor to your own life's experience. And once you um, associate the things that happen to you to things outside of your own control and outside of the own realm of your mind, boy dog slips in there real easy it might be a partner it might be friends but um yeah dog is a man's best friend do you think that they get something that maybe we struggle to i think that they get exactly what we get i think it's a symbiotic relationship i think they love us exactly to the same degree that we love them i think that they love us more than we love them we want to love them so much uh, and the best dog owners give their pets everything. But the way that our dogs like take to us and follow us, the loyalty is like off the charts. Off the charts. Well, they're certainly 
better at loving. However, the degree of love, I mean, goodness gracious, I would spend my time following you around if I had all that spare time. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) Fair enough. What um, do you think Oscar would like the most? Like, we try to love them the most, but that might not be the best thing for them, right? So in your case, Oscar's best with your folks back in Missouri. If you asked Oscar, do you think he'd want to be with you no matter what? I think that uh, that's another complex question. I think that he would um, prefer to have everything. So everything to him, I think, would be uh, one of those flying squirrel frisbees. You know, everything would be me. Everything would also be my parents' property. Everything would also be like an unlimited bowl full of milk bones. You know, everything would be a f- consistent fermentation. <laughs> you know, the things that make him feel good, I don't think that he uh, distinguishes too much between uh, when they're separated from each other. However, I think it, he would prefer them to be all together. If it was up to Oscar, he'd be living in flavor country all around. <laughs> right, right. Which is a lot like you. <laughs> Let's not mince words here. <laughs> um, so, Evo, you've like had dogs in your life your whole life pretty much, right? Like, Where did your love affair with dogs begin? Oh, well, I mean, just like you said. So I uh, had a family dog up in Alaska who we unfortunately had to leave with a uh, a friend of a family when we moved down to Missouri. In Missouri, we got a black German Shepherd who was um, bred by the Air Force to be all black, except she had a little white spot on her chest, so she wasn't cut out for the job, and they put her up for sale, and that became Yammer, mm. my childhood German Shepherd, who, that was the that was the dog that truly showed me the, the power that that dogs can have uh within the um companionship of humans oh do tell so wait how old were you when you got yammer and you moved to missouri and everything and what did what what was the connection that you made i was four years old and uh she was wonderful she was a she was a fucking wild animal um she was a black german shepherd as i said and so we lived in, uh, this is a good story, we lived in uh, Pennsylvania for one year, and we would go to the grocery store, which was maybe two miles away. Our house was in a wooded area. We wouldn't know where Yammer was. And two, however many, I was in second grade, I don't know, however many miles away, we would see our dog running through the parking lot of the grocery store or running across the street chasing a deer and what then we would go back home and she would like come up uh all out of breath and just like she had had the best time in the world and you know cuddle up back in her bed and uh she was a great dog just chasing deers a dog chasing deers yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah, she was a sweetheart, but she could definitely strike fear into people. Um, There was another time where, you know, me and my three brothers, we grew up wrestling, and so uh, in a circle of tough guys, this tough guy comes up to our house driving in his truck, and he gets out, closes the door, 
and it's summer. It's m- middle of summer in Missouri, so it's hot out. All his windows are down. Gets out of his truck, closes the door, and up comes Yammer. Just barking her little face off. And this dude, Big Brawny, prides himself in being a real man. Took a, f- a front face dive into the truck. He didn't even touch one single edge of the window. He just like <laughs> launched his entire body in through the open window of his truck. But yet she was such a sweetheart. <laughs> well, was she going to like just scare him a little bit or was she going to like rip his leg off? She was doing her thing. She was doing what made her happy and uh and that was that humbling was, people. That sounds was something like. that we didn't know about, yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's amazing. So where did you learn from her, specifically? That, like, changed your whole, like, uh, philosophy on dogs? I think um, there were a lot of things. That's a multifaceted answer that I could provide. Hit me. However, I think that the number one thing was her smell. The smell of Yammer, my childhood German Shepherd. I, I, like, can still smell and even now, like, when I went back to visit Oscar, the the smell that he has, like, I just, I just love the uniqueness and the, um, I don't know. It's like people, you're either, you're either drawn to them or you're not. And I was drawn to her. And I think that that was a very, very poignant thing to point at. Mm. I've always known you to be very good in terms of having the dog respect you. From a disciplinarian standpoint, like, while the rest of us are giving our dogs treats and whatever to make them happy, you've never felt the need to do that, and they still respect you, and they still love you. Why do you think you have that approach? Uh, I think it's just like, um, I don't know, sort of like how you would effectively raise children. You, like, now this is totally personal opinion, but you would... uh, like establish a set of rules and then abide by them yourself and not even place the expectation on them to abide by them but just yourself uh yourself adhering to your own uh virtually self-imposed rules leads to leads to them following those rules too and then being satisfied by being a good boy being called a good boy and having good eye contact being more fruitful than uh another milk bone Mm, i can respect that so that kind of brings us to our segment in the show dogs 101 for dogs 101 we give our guests the opportunity to teach something educate us inform us give us a way of looking at dogs um to better care for them and understand them well i think that uh at least with Olaski, he had a fierce undercoat. He would shed so so intensely, and so a furminator was just the retribution that we needed. It was the one thing that made um, his life better, and then made my life or made my vacuums life better as well. So for those of us who don't know, which includes me, what is a furminator? A furminator is a kind of brush. It looks so ineffective. It's like a bunch of razor blades. It doesn't look like it would be comfortable or fun or anything. And it just uh, lifts up that base coat and uh, makes life better for him. 
Okay, that makes sense. So you highly endorse the Furminator as a good product to have. I highly endorse the Furminator. The other product I would highly endorse is a goose. A little furry goose or duck, uh, whatever style you get. The ones that honk. Mm. Honk, honk, honk. Those are always those are always Oscar's favorite, and uh, and still to this day he just lights up whenever he hears that little honk. <laughs> if you could be a voice for dogs and I guess all animals, um, if you wanted to extend it that far, in say government, what would you want to make sure um, us as a society um, changed? What was regulated? What was a law? I mean, the obvious answers would be. Um, spaying and neutering the other obvious answers would be just like having the uh the little doggy daycares kennels if you will being the place where people adopt from and not going to breeders and not looking for um not looking for purebred dogs but just seeing seeing the beauty in the dogs that they find just like little baby oscar in that closet Mm. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I think you could search the world and probably not find many stories of like Oscars, <laughs> like that one's special. How do you think that the effect that dogs have had on you um, affects your own personality and how maybe you are toward people? Uh, I think that dogs make our life better. Dog, the presence of dogs makes humans' lives better, and that is an ambiguous statement and it's meant to be ambiguous it's a glossy and it's meant to be glossy just uh we once they first started coming by our campfire humans lives were enhanced and they've continued to be so do you think you'll always have dogs with you yes absolutely so i know you've got a lot of stories and that's what our show is all about dog stories off the top of your head, what's the, what's the, what's the dog story about Oscar that will always make you laugh? The one that will always make me laugh. I can't even, like, just thinking of it makes me giggle. Um, so I was living in San Diego and uh, in a, like, carriage house. And the people who owned the main house had a bunch of dogs and they were all perpetually infetu- uh, infested with fleas. They uh, just couldn't manage their fleas and so that meant that Oscar I also couldn't manage Oscar fleas no matter how much frontline or whatever and uh, so I would go swim him in the, the bay to clean off his skin and clean out clean out his fur and he didn't like the water he was a snow dog hmm. you know, so taking him in the water he I would have to throw his flying squirrel into the water and that would get him in uh, to go into the water and he'd get it and he'd swim back and so anyways this one time I brought him to a beach not a bay and threw that flying squirrel out and he was just so excited to be somewhere he hadn't been before he ran up to the surf and uh, started to take a dump <laughs> as the wave receded he squatted and then the wave started to crest, and he was unfamiliar with the territory. <laughs> and it just, this giant surfable wave just smashed over him as, as he was in full squat. And uh, he, was, he was pretty shook up, but boy, was he ever smiling when he came out of that wave. <laughs> Picture I'll always 
Oh dear. <laughs> and he never went back to the water again. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Um, okay, well, right before we go, I want to uh, introduce our last segment, which is called Leave a Dog a Bone. And it's our guest's opportunity to point us towards something that you found meaningful in your life um, when it came to learning about dogs, whether it was a book or a movie or even an Instagram account that makes you happy every day with dog pictures. Um, Give us something to take home with us. Well, you know, there are innumerable uh, good boy dog pages on Facebook that I subscribe to, that I love. Funny memes are a thing that I like. Uh, But really, I think if it's one thing to take away, it would be to get your dog DNA tested. Even if it's a pure breed, like, get that $35 test or however much it is. Because otherwise, you'll be like me and always wonder. (laughs) You'll uh, You'll never get to know it until you do it. And so it's a short little thing, and I think it'll make make you happy have you done one with oscar no i haven't so we need to get oscar a test yeah yeah this is projection right it's <laughs> <laughs> on your to do it's on my to do yeah, yeah right so what do we need oscar spit i haven't looked into it <laughs> <laughs> there's got to be a 23 in me for dogs i think <laughs> right, there right. there are several um is there anything else you wanted to offer um the world um about your take with dogs um, rub rub their cheeks really gently, and and they'll yawn because it feels so good. <laughs> <laughs> that works probably on dogs and humans too. <laughs> rub my cheek, rub my cheek. Yeah, no, it totally works. <laughs> oh well, Evan, thank you so much for coming by and uh, giving us all the dog stories that uh, you could fit into a. Have an hour. Of course. Thank you, too. Of course. Mwah. Okay, guys, a little bonus coverage for you this week. Um, Evan and I had such a great conversation, um, but we both realized that we forgot to get into why his hometown is known as the place where the phrase man's best friend was born. That's a question worthy of overtime. So let's give him a call. Yo, what's up, Mr. Ryan? Hey, brother. Um, I, uh, wanted to call you uh, to pick up where we left off yesterday, the thing that we forgot to talk about, why your town, uh, your hometown, Warrensburg, Missouri, is, is called, uh, is known for the phrase man's best friend. Of course. It's a pretty wild story, really. <laughs> oh, perfect. Um, yeah, we didn't dive into that. All right, so here it goes. Uh, a dog is a man's best friend has a genesis, has an actual point in history where it began, and that point in history was in the town of Warrensburg, Missouri, Um, and not really that long ago, like in the late 1800s, um, there were two adjoining landowners, uh, one with a, you know, dearly beloved family dog, and one with sheep, and the, the one with the dog was a, well, his dog was rousing up the sheep or whatever, you know, a dog would do around a bunch of clouds, and uh, the owner of the sheep shot the dog, and the farmer with the, you know, beloved family dog uh, 
did what anybody would do when their uh, best friend was shot. He sued the guy. The guy also, uh, fun fact, was his brother-in-law. Mm. <laughs> And and uh, na- and yeah. neighbor is I'm looking it up right now and yeah. his neighbor yeah, yeah. as well yeah 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 neighbor yeah neighbor adjoining adjoining landowners and and brother-in-law and yeah so anyways the uh, a part of the closing arguments of the lawyer who was representing the dog owner was after all the dog is a man's best friend and the phrase stuck and that's it like every single person in the entire world knows that phrase and it's barely a hundred years old it's crazy every single every single person can relate you know? it, it was like nobody can hear that phrase and be like no that's not true <laughs> and absolutely it, it's kind of the basis for our show and it's also like easily one of the top 10 most common phrases probably in at least in north american culture oh yeah no doubt any 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 culture that i've been in as a well-traveled person, everybody always, you know, I like to tell that story because it's my genesis as well. So everywhere I've been, people, um, people know it. People, people abide by it. People respect it. And then they hear the story and they're like, oh man, my dog is my best friend. Now I know why. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. The dog's name looks, uh, was Old Drum. Is what yes, Old Drum. Old Drum was the dog's name. So this town actually does recreations of that um, that law, uh, whatever, that court case. Every single year, like, uh, people do Civil War uh, reenactments. This town does <laughs> the trial of Old Drum. And in the county courthouse, which is uh, at the center of the town, there is a statue, a life-size bronze statue of Old Drum. And it's the only government... Um, government land in a, all of North America that has a statue of a dog on its grounds. That's amazing. I like that um, the place you're from uh, is known for that sentiment. It's very special and it um, it makes a lot of sense in terms of uh, the person that I know you to be as well. Ah, uh, well, that's awfully nice of you. And it is, a, it is a point of pride for me as well, not just the town. Well, thanks for uh, thanks for going overtime with us today. Hey, that's what appreciate you being curious. <laughs> Always forever curious. I love you, man. Thanks so much for being on our show. All right, I love you, man. Toodles. Do you have a dog story you'd like to share? If you do, hit us up. Email us at dogstories at gmail.com. Are you enjoying these episodes of Dog Stories? We'd love it if you left a review or subscribe anywhere you listen to podcasts. Sound effects provided by zapswat.com and music provided by bensound.com.